Hey guys, welcome to the Fit Dad Lifestyle Podcast. The Fit Dad Lifestyle is a community and supplement brand where fathers support other fathers throughout the journey of fatherhood. We believe that maintaining a healthy lifestyle isn't about crash diets and the latest workout craze. Instead, we offer dads the education, resources, and support they need to maintain a balanced lifestyle long term. There aren't a lot of dedicated community groups for dads, and we know that men are generally less likely to talk about the challenges they face in life. So we wanted to go above and beyond the meal plans and quick fixes and offer a way for fathers to communicate in a helpful, negative-free environment. Whether it's supporting your partner when a new baby arrives, balancing work and the kids, or just fitting in time to get your health and fitness back on track. This podcast aims to inspire, motivate, and encourage you to be the best father that you can be and the leader that your kids want to see you be every day. It's brought to you by Fit Dad Fuel. Fit Dad Fuel is our supplement range. Our supplement range helps support this podcast, the workouts, the online education, and the amount of work that goes on behind the scenes to help keep everything as cost-free as possible for dads worldwide. Enjoy the episode. Here it is, guys. Hey, guys. Welcome to the Fit Dad Lifestyle Podcast, episode 114. So today, we've got a very special guest, Timbo Reed. So Tim is the small business big marketing show. Australia's number one marketing podcast, keynote speaker, coach, entrepreneur, author, and father. Mate, welcome to the show. <laughs> Who is this bloke that you mentioned? <laughs> G'day, buddy. So, Tim, can you tell the audience a little bit more about you and also the Small Business Big Marketing uh, show? Buddy, I am a, um, I'm a marketing guy through and through, having gone to uni and studied marketing and then been in marketing all my life. Uh, in a corporate kind of sense. And then about 15 years ago, I left uh, and started my own podcast called The Small Business Big Marketing Show, which is there to help um, business owners, small business owners with marketing, which is a, I know is a deep frustration for many. Uh, but much more importantly, uh, I'm a dad of three beautiful kids who are now, uh, well, you know, I suppose they'll always be kids, Leroy, but uh, they're 24, 22 and 20. So, uh they're very much growing adults these days, but um, it's a bit of an honour to be their dad. And, uh, you know, I always, uh, I, I love what you do and I love the idea that someone calls you dad. So every time my kids call me dad, it's like a real honour. So I love the fact that you're helping other dads kind of recognise just maybe how important they are. Yeah, definitely, mate. I appreciate the kind words and, um, mate, we'll touch on a lot of the fatherhood stuff um, very soon. But just quickly, 15 years ago, that's when the first episode of the podcast, you must have been a pioneer in the in the space, were you? Back yeah, the actual podcast, the Small Business Big Marketing podcast is 12 years old. Yeah. Um, I actually left um, corporate and went into my own small business 15 years ago. In yeah. fact, my first, um, my first step out of my my corporate life was into a charity uh, called Reach, yep. which was a Melbourne-based, is still a Melbourne-based charity. And it, sta- it was started by a famous AFL player in Jim Steins, the late Jim Steins. And the whole premise of Reach is to help young people at risk. Uh, and that was the first time for me, and I was a young dad at the time, that really um, highlighted just how important fatherhood was. You know, it's sort of a funny thing to say because you kind of look at it and go, well, being a dad is important, but, you know, seeing the kids come through reach, talking to Jim, who had a deep passion for helping young people um, become the people they wanted to be, was, was a real eye-opener. 
So that was my first step out of corporate, mate, into into running my own show. Yeah, right. And, mate, obviously you just mentioned that the kids are a lot older now. How did you, you know, how did fatherhood change the way that you approach life, you know, looking back 15 years ago when, you know, you were venturing away from that corporate role into, mm. you know, your own stuff? I, th- I think um, the, the one thing that happened to me, and again, it was at reach. It was a pretty influential time in my life and it was only two years, but I was, I, I did have a young family and, you know, I guess I was just trying to be a dad the best I could. I hadn't read any books and, you know, you, you, you learn what maybe you bring into your life, what your dad taught you and all that kind of stuff. But I remember Jim, we're at a youth day at a school one day and he, Jim said to me, he said, what do you notice? And I said, oh, I don't know, you tell me. He said, all the kids are being dropped off in Mercedes and BMWs uh, and dad's off to work and they're probably not going to see dad until eight, nine o'clock that night. And that was a bit of an eye-opener to me. And at, from a very early stage, as a young father, I made a point of trying to be around as much as possible. They talk about quality time versus quantity time. I bought into quantity time. I tried to be present when I was there as well, but just having me around, I think was a really, I'm really proud of the fact that, you know, I was working from home and was around a lot when other dads weren't. Yeah, mate. And I think that takes it back to actually one of your guests and also um, one of our friends, uh, Glenn Azar, he, he mentioned a great statistic that I, I think I bring up on every podcast, but I think it's um, 34 <laughs> meaningful minutes per day is the average time that a dad spends with their children you know like one-on-one time not in the car traveling to you know school or not at the dinner table with the tv on the background like one-on-one you know quality time and and then also on the contrary to that 80 percent of the time with the that we ever spend with our kids is over by the time they they turn 18 because they leave house they go do their own career and have their own you know journeys through life and i think those two points you know if a lot of these corporate high flyers and people, you know, realize these two numbers um, mm. at that early age, I think it would change quite a bit of things. I interviewed a guy, Leroy, about 18 months ago, uh, Luke, someone, I can't remember. He's, Luke Chance. Uh, I'll send you the link if you want to put it in the show notes. But the premise of the interview was he was a small business owner, a one-man show. His business was installing, can you believe this, heated towel rails into people's bathrooms. Yeah, right. How's that for a niche? And the premise of the interview was 10 secrets to running a moderately successful business. You know, not the usual headline, which is, you know, 10 secrets to running a multi-million dollar empire. This was about running a moderately successful business. And one of his secrets was to spend as much time as you can with your kids at the expense of, you know, sitting down and coming up with the next marketing strategy or the next employment strategy or whatever it may be. And to, to that end, one thing Luke did, I think two or three times a year was surprise. He'd drive his kids to school every day. That's one thing he did. Um, so he'd have to wait until he got the kids to school before he could start work. But the other thing he did was it, uh, two or three times a year, he would surprise the kids by saying, righto guys, get ready for school. We're leaving shortly. And instead of driving to school, he'd take a detour and take them to Luna Park or take them down the beach or take them on an adventure that they just weren't expecting. And, you know, tell me those kids aren't going to remember that for the rest of their life. 
mate, that's amazing. That's it actually, as soon as you said that, it reminded me of a, a part of my childhood that complete opposite to what you just said. And I think it was a bit about my father just being a complete, like just pranking us, but he was, he, he worked on the, uh, at the wharf down, down in Portland where we grew up. And, um, you know, he, he was tying up ships and letting them go and all this different stuff at all hours of the night. And I think, I don't know what he was thinking, but one morning he came home at 2 a.m. And, you know, you know, Victoria in middle winter, it doesn't get light till seven. You're up in the dark and getting ready for school in the dark. So when you knew different, I think he either changed the clocks or we're at a young age that we didn't even think about looking at what time it was. It was just, you know, the morning routine and made us our wheat bigs, put the um, you know, milk in the microwave and had us in the school gear ready to get dropped off to the babysitters and then told us it was 2.30. And it was just like, what goes through your bloody mind to <laughs> like, and I, I actually forgot about it until you just mentioned that about, Oh, I love it. Yeah. That's mate. Yeah. Good memories. I, but, I hope it's a good memory. Yeah. Mate, it is now looking back, but yeah, I don't think I'd have the balls to do it to my own kids at two 30 or even want to be up at that hour <laughs> myself. So mate, how did you best manage your time? I guess as a young father, you know, when you did have these corporate roles and, and going into your own businesses, were you someone that was always very strict, you know, by the diary and everything was down to the minute or, you know, were you sort of take it as it comes and, you know, all over the place? Yeah, pretty much take it as it comes. Maybe not all over the place, but I certainly wasn't strict. And um, I have got a bit better um, over the years. And in fact, I, I do remember a time about 10 years ago where, Things were a little bit crazy and a mate of mine, this is actually after leaving corporate and running my own business, but a mate of mine, in fact, I'm looking at it now, my Google calendar um, is all color-coded. So I have, you know, Tim time, family time, podcast time, speaking, because I do keynote speaking, although that's disappeared with COVID, um, coaching time. So I've got all these different colors for all the different parts of my calendar. And, and I look at family time, which is green, and I make sure that there's a lot of green on my calendar. You know, it's just a quick visual kind of reference for me because I think otherwise, you know, as dads, we all, dads, mums, just as humans, you know, as friends, we can just get distracted by things and they take our eye off what's really important to us. And if you are a dad, then, you know, what your kids are up to and how you interact with them and what you've got planned to do together and all that is pretty important. So I would, I would say to any dad listening to this, Maybe don't go to the extreme of colour coding your calendar, but at least have a, a separate colour for your kids and make sure that there's a lot of it in every week of your calendar. Yeah, definitely, mate. And did that, um, you know, did you guys growing up have a family ritual every week? Like, was it like Sunday night roast or fish and chips every Friday mm. night down by the river? And and how has that transcended into? I guess, adulthood where your children are probably all over the country or world and doing their, all their own different things. Mm. You know, do you have a family ritual now where the family all tries to get together at, you know, it's time of the year? Short answer is didn't have a family ritual growing up. I was one of six kids. I am one of six kids and I'm the youngest by nine years. So I'm almost like a, an only child in one sense. Now we didn't have rituals, you know, back then dad worked in the bank and, you know, he was the breadwinner and mum, uh, was a, was a housewife and she was running at the family home and that's how it worked. And dad, mum didn't like cooking. Dad was the cook and he would always cook houses. His, his, his signature dish was burnt lamb chops with grilled craft cheese on top, which, you know, like, how does that even work? <laughs> um, um, but, and, and these days, again, 
no, I, I live interstate. My kids are in, in Melbourne. Um, I'm in Queensland. Um, but I do make a point, I absolute make a point of at least calling them once a week, uh, if not more. Um, a lot of texting, a lot of group chat, a lot of, um, you know, I try to get them up here as much as I can. So it's a real priority for me. And I, I kind of notice and maybe it, it, it sort of saddens me a little, but you, you kind of know that, I don't know about you, but generally speaking, as a, as, as a child, even a growing child, you kind of don't make your parents a priority. Life gets busy. You've got parties to go to, friends to see, work to do, all that stuff. And then at the end of it, you go, I better ring mum or dad. And I noticed my, and I, that was me. Um, I think I'm not unusual in that regard. Um, and my kids are the same, you know, they're again, they're flat out busy with their lives doing stuff. And, you know, I haven't heard from my daughter, actually, we've played phone tag for a couple of weeks and you start to think, oh, geez, you know, have I done something wrong? Has she got the shits with me or whatever it is? But, you know, then you talk to her and it's like, hey, Steph, what's going on? She goes, oh, sorry, dad, I've got three jobs and, you know, back at uni. And it's like, cool. You know, that's ace. But I would, I just ask them without trying to pester them to say, you know, just a text, just send me a little love heart emoji every now and then. I'm a simple man. Yep. Mate, <laughs> yeah. I, what age did, you know, my, my kids are seven, four, and we've got a little daughter due any minute or any day, any hour, yeah, any hour yeah. right now. Um, I've actually got my wife. I said, all right, if you ring twice on my phone, I'm going to have to cut the podcast away and yes. we'll pick up for round two. Um, but what age, when your kids were growing up, did they change from wanting to do everything with mum and dad to now I've got a little bit of independence and I'm going to go hang out with my friends more or I'm going to go you know, do this, that or whatever else comes into their life? The only reason I know the answer to this question is I read Raising Boys by Steve Bidolf and uh, the, he talks about uh, with boys... And it actually worked with my daughter as well, almost. But he says, like, from naught to seven, um, their mummy's the child is mummy's boy. Yeah. From seven to fourteen, they're daddy's boy, and from fourteen plus, they look for a, a mentor, often a family mentor, a cousin, uh, an, an uncle, or you know, someone close to them. And I noticed that with mine. I've got an awesome. I I have a nephew myself. My daughter's son Adam, who is a great guy. Uh, and he's about he's about 10 years, 15 years older than my kids. And he took on that role, you know, not not formally. I never tapped him on the shoulder and said, righto, mate, my kids are now 14 and you need to step in. It just seemed to naturally happen, you know, because all of a sudden mum and dad become very uncool uh, and they, the kids want to spread their wings. And, and, that, and that happened. And I was really happy for that to happen. I was really happy for them to have someone like Adam that they could then kind of defer to yeah that's amazing i'll have to have a read of that book that sounds interesting those you know zero to seven seven to fourteen and and onwards i think that might provide a lot of value for the community members listening and yeah mate if you could go back 24 years ago and tell yourself one thing that you know to be true today that you didn't on day one of fatherhood what would that be oh gee whiz one thing that I didn't know then, but I know now. It's a big question, Leroy. I guess the importance of being a father and you kind of like, it sounds very obvious, 
But until you're actually one and you realize the influence that you can have on raising someone in the ideas that you share with them and the way you go about your own life, it's pretty important. Because every now and then you look at you, I look at, you know, I look at my kids, you go, geez, I can see a lot of me in them, you know, and so you kind of want to be your best self, you know, you, you, all, you become a lot less selfish, you know, as, as teenagers and 20 somethings, we can be quite selfish individuals, I think by nature, but then when you bring someone else into the world, it's no longer about you, yeah. <laughs> particularly the dad, you know, yeah. the, in terms of the ladder of importance, it's kids wife slash mum and then dad so you kind of um you, you realize that yeah you are quite an influence so you know stop being a dickhead yeah mate 100 <laughs> percent, definitely and mate what advice would you have out there for new fathers or fathers in general about achieving success in their own health and fitness fatherhood or even any business endeavors that they might be taking on I bet, I bet you, well, there's two parts there, fatherhood and business, but I, and you've probably spoken about the old oxygen mask before, but put it on yourself before you put it on, you know, your kids, because you've just got to be your best self. You know, I think as a dad, and I, I certainly, I, I wasn't all the time. Um, there were moments of brilliance and there were moments that I'd prefer to forget. But generally speaking, I've, I realized that, and during early fatherhood, I stacked on the weight, mate. I was like, I was about 35 kg heavier than I am today. And today I make fitness a real priority and I wouldn't say I've nailed it, but I'm, I'm, I'm a lot fitter than I ever was. Um, back then in those early days, um, I stacked the weight on, you know, I guess home a lot, you know, pressures of work, pressures of being a new dad, probably drank a bit too much, ate too much. Um, and just stacked it on, and then I lost it all, and just a, I was just a better person, you know. And I would never, I've never looked back from that. So I think you've got to look after yourself first before you can. And, and it may feel selfish, and you may be criticised by your wife or a family member or a friend going, "Geez, you know, shouldn't you be at home or shouldn't you?" It's like, well, yeah, you know, you let me worry about that, but right now. In order for me to be a good person at home, I need to go to gym once a day or I need to go away with my mates for a weekend. You know, you still got to look after yourself, you know, but do it with the intention of not escaping the madness of fatherhood. Do it with the intention of it's going to make you a better dad. Yeah, mate, I love that advice. And I think it's very important that dads don't lose sight of those dreams that they had pre-kids, you know, because that's one thing that I've noticed with you know, the thousands of people that we deal with around the world is so many fathers, those, those pre children dreams go out the window as soon as, as soon as they're there. And, you know, they know now no longer want to start that business or they now no want to just chase that sporting ambition or that hobby or whatever the case may be. And um, a lot of these things, like you mentioned about the gas mask and, and all these different, um, you know, things about putting yourself first and still having that quality time with your friends and um, it's an oxygen yourself. mask, not a gas mask. Yeah, that's it. You said gas mask, and it was. And I was like, but um, Do yeah, I say gas mask. Yeah, I think so, but yeah, mate, maybe I stuffed it up again. So, I, I think the other thing too, Leroy, is, uh, and I wasn't very good at this, but then when we did do it, and my my ex wife, uh, my wife at the time now, ex wife was, um, 
was very good at, but, but have things planned in advance. Have Always have something to look forward to. And, you know, on the big scheme of things each year, it's a family holiday. And I sort of know, you know, me personally, I look back on family holidays with my mum and dad so fondly. And I know my kids look back on the family holidays that we had very fondly as well. And we still talk about them. We still laugh about them. They're very, very memorable. So that doesn't need to be, you know, the big overseas trip to Europe. And that's not going to happen anytime soon anyway. But, you know, it can be just a trip, you know, two hours up the road to the local beach resort or whatever it may be. But having that planned and look forward to, and you talk about it in the lead up and, yeah, I think it's a pretty cool thing to do. And if you can't afford to do that, then at least have day trips planned and, and put it out to the kids as to what they want to do as well. Yeah, I love that, mate. And definitely great advice there for everyone listening um, to, you know, get that thing planned with the children and with your partner and, um, you know, start looking forward to it and saving up yeah. and, you know, have contingency plans in place as well because obviously with COVID and everything that's happening around the world, things can change and have changed you know, quite quickly for a lot of people. So, you know, have, have a backup plan just in case as well to avoid that disappointment with the kids. So, mate, where can people find you online and um, what do you have coming up that people might be able to get involved in? I have, um, if, if, if people listening, the dads listening are into business, then um, they'd probably love my podcast, which is called The Small Business Big Marketing Show. And they can find that on their favourite podcast app or over at smallbusinessbigmarketing.com. In terms of what I have coming up, nothing really, mate. This, this show will be around. This episode will be around forever. So I won't, I won't try and, um, um, you know, limit it by giving you any dates or anything. But I am actually um, re-engineering. COVID hasn't been very good to my business. So I, I speak at conferences and that's completely disappeared. So I'm re-engineering myself at the moment. And part of that is to do some retreats. Um, I used to, and it's retreats for business owners. But I've seen the power of, of getting people away. In fact, one of the things I used to do when at one of my kids' schools, at my son's school, was to, I used to run the father-son camps. And, geez, they were powerful. I just saw the power of men getting away together with their sons. It was only overnight, but they were booked out every year in advance, and they were just incredibly powerful things. So I'm actually wanting to do that a bit more these days with, with business owners and run retreats. I live... You and I both are lucky enough to live up around the Noosa area in Queensland, and it's an awesome place to get some people up here and, you know, not only just talk business, but talk health and well-being. And it's a real interest of mine, this, this business owner well-being, because I see way too many exhausted, tired, miserable business owners who are putting everything into that baby when maybe they should be putting it into another baby. Yeah, mate, I love it. And if I can be in any of assistance once you get it up and running or with any of the planning, mate, let me know because I'm more than happy to help out and, um, you know, Thanks, take, take some crew through the health and fitness side of things. And um, That'd be awesome. Mate, I highly appreciate you coming on the episode today and I must thank you for everything you're doing over at this small business, big marketing show as well because I've listened to it for probably five or six years now and, and wow. some of the gold that I've been able to I guess, draw upon from different interviews that you've had has probably helped shape where the business is today. So, mate, I highly appreciate everything that you're doing over there as well. And guys, if you are already in your own business or looking to start something on your entrepreneurial journey, then I highly recommend going over Tim's podcast and I'll have all the links in the show notes and you'll be able to go get him on there. So, mate, highly appreciate it once again and um, we'll catch up with you very soon. Thanks, Leroy. Thanks, mate.